Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Well, welcome, and thanks for being here. Welcome to another episode For those of you who've been listening along, thank you so much for listening. I hope you're finding some valuable thoughts, at least, to process on, perhaps some skills to put into practice yourself. And even if you disagree with the things that I share, hopefully at least that gives you an opportunity to reflect on your own process with these topics and your own way of thinking about these various topics. I think that's so important in the work that I do and the work I help clients with is just giving space to these various topics and thinking about your inner workings, uh, how you reflect on these topics and how you personally process with these topics. I think that is such a big part of this process. And so um, don't think that, you know, you have to leave with, you know, fully convinced exactly with what I say is also your process. And I want to preface this particular episode with exactly that concept because I named this episode How to Grieve. But the reality is I think grief and the grieving process is just about as unique as every single person is a unique person themselves. Now, I do think there are some types of grieving that probably aren't deep enough, or at the very least, maybe the process hasn't gone its full course. But even that, I'm not one here to sit and say, you haven't grieved enough. And so with this episode, I want to talk about why we grieve, and then some of my own reflections of my grieving process, and to offer you some ideas on how that can also help you with the grieving process. I also want to say that as I'm recording this episode, I'm literally in the middle of a week of inactive grief. And so this is something that I'm even actively wrestling with, actively processing on. And so if some of these uh, thoughts maybe don't sound fully fleshed out, uh, perhaps that's part of it. And I think that's also okay. I think with the grieving process, sometimes it looks different throughout the grieving process and the more grief we go through and the different stages of life and the different different types of grief that we have. And so perhaps this reflection of how to grieve in this episode, when I look back on it from five years, maybe it'll be very different. I don't know. I think that's also the part of the beautiful thing about our emotional interior world is that it's constantly a, a, a process of curiosity and discovery. And when it comes to these different emotions, what I like to call as like trailheads or the different dilemmas that we have coming up in life, 
One of the most important things is just having a posture of curiosity as we notice these different emotions coming up to try to understand why we're experiencing the things we are. And so this is a reflection on grief. And I hope that you find uh, some meaning and some uh, thoughtful reflections in this. So, you know, grief is an interesting phenomenon. Certainly when the things we love the most are suddenly gone, this feeling of maybe emptiness or feeling alone is very quickly brought up to the surface. And sometimes that particular emotion of grief is hard to access until you're actually in that moment of loss or substantial change. And I think for that reason, it's kind of a unique emotion in that way, because a lot of our other emotions, uh, anger or, you know, sadness or joy or happiness, we can almost kind of get ourselves to feel that just with a mindset shift, just with the idea of today, I'm going to choose to, you know, be happy today. I'm going to, you know, choose to find uh, the joy in the world around me, or I'm today. I'm just grumpy today. I'm, I'm not feeling well today. I am easily activated. And so I'm going to be in a more of an angry mood and perhaps some, some ways, you know, grief might creep in kind of without us really recognizing or knowing. Uh, but it, I don't think it's r quite the same as many of our other emotions. And so I think grief is an interesting uh, experience in that way. And so it should be an emotion that we kind of uniquely come to understand within ourselves and within yourself and understand what grief feels like for you and how you would describe grief uh, and what, what your own unique grieving process is. And perhaps the most familiar form of grief is that of when a person dies, you know, when a person is suddenly dead, which that alone, I think, is, is also a unique phenomenon, right? Almost in some ways uh, more bizarre than just the, the birth of, an, of a new person. You know, the, the new life alone is, is an amazing thing. And understanding how, you know, this person with consciousness uh, and a whole personality and that's going to live a, a life their own and make their own decisions comes to be. But also equally fascinating is when that ends. And I think that's where grief is most often experienced is when there's a loved one who dies. And that's certainly been true for me in the last month. Actually, I've had two family members pass um, one, a cousin in their thirties uh, before, you know, their time, as we say, and then an uncle uh, in his eighties who lived a very uh, long and fulfilled life. And so I've been processing and reflecting a lot on my own grieving process and asking myself, you know, am I attending to this part of me that needs to grieve? And am I giving this part of me space and opportunity to feel all of the feelings? And I think before we get to how to grieve or some suggestions on ways to do the grieving process, I think it's important that we first talk about why we grieve. Certainly, when it is of a loved one's death, we grieve because we'll never get to spend time with them again. We'll never get to talk with them again never get to hold their hand or hug them or laugh with them. But there also can be joy in this death process, joy in the grief, knowing that the person is no longer going to be in pain, no longer suffering. If you believe in an afterlife, 
finding joy and knowing that they are living somewhere else in a much more perfect state. But accessing joy and grief, I find when it's regarding death is frankly hard uh, or, or harder, I should say, when it's someone who you know is young or someone dying you know, before their time, as we say. And I'm also thinking about this type of grief, of course, pets, I'm a big pet person, and certainly the death of a pet is a huge grief process. So that's, that's certainly one reason we grieve, right? We grieve when someone or something that we love very deeply dies. But there's also grief without death. And many times, actually, our grief process actually starts when we start to notice this this change. Maybe the health starts to decline or something is is shifting in a relationship or something is moving in a direction that feels scary or uncomfortable. And there can be the grief kind of starts to come up within that. And I think this is actually one of the things that worry and anxiety, if we were to listen to these parts are actually trying to tune us into that grief. These parts need space and time to grieve. And this type of grief can also be found when we experience changes in life, such as relationships ending, career changes or job loss, financial hardships, parenting struggles, family planning, changes in faith, moving, changes in seasons, chronic illness, just to name a few. So. You know, it doesn't have to be just the death of these things, but just the fact that there is substantial change or really just even difficult change at all. You know, I think there's in many ways, any form of change is an invitation to grieve the loss of something. And so what is changing? And I think the reason why, and I believe the reason why understanding the triggers or the activating kind of situation for these emotions is part of the process of being able to name, you know, the emotion, you know, what has led up to me feeling this, what, what am I actually experiencing? Just being able to articulate that, right. Being able to maybe do some reflection, writing it out, some journaling, being able to talk with somebody about, okay, what, what is actually going on? You can then start to understand and start to identify, okay, change. Okay. I'm experiencing some change. What does that mean? Okay. Well, something is no longer the same. There's grief in that. Something that you used to find comfort in, something that you used to find familiar, something that maybe you even used to find peace in is suddenly changing. That's obviously hard for our emotional system. That's hard for our interior world. And there is part of you that needs to grieve that part of you that wants to be in tune with, with that process. And the reality is our interior world doesn't care really what the trigger is for the grieving process because it all feels the same to our emotional system, right? So if there's something that triggers grief in this situation and something else, really internally, that grief is grief for your nervous system. It's the emotion is grief and being able to understand what triggers it is still a helpful process. And we shouldn't, you know, disregard understanding that. But I just want to mention that piece that to our emotional interior world, 
that emotion is the same, right? And you might even sometimes feel like, why do I feel so much for what it seems like should be a small change? Well, that's not what your parts want to hear. You don't need to try to rationalize how much grief or how little grief, but you just need to notice and give space to that grief. And this is because I believe there's kind of a three-part process that I like to kind of uh, reflect on when it comes to any, any emotion. And first of all, it's simply naming the emotion. The first step is when we're able to name the emotion, because when we can name the emotion, we can then start to try to understand the emotion. And when we understand the emotion, we can then start to learn how to balance our life with these emotions. And I think that's one of the areas I see people who have a hard time processing or identifying or bringing emotions up is that they simply haven't even named them, let alone understand them, but they're just skipping to step three and trying to push them away or trying to balance life or trying to make things more pleasant, right? How do I get rid of this grief? Well, you've missed what I believe is about 90% of the process, which is one in step one and two, which is naming and then understanding. And then naturally, Learning how to balance almost just comes uh, uh, naturally after you've named them and given space to them and understand these emotions. And again, this is this is because grief and any emotion it feels the same to our emotional system. You know, happiness is going to feel like happiness, anger is going to feel like anger. The activating event doesn't really matter as much for your emotional system, but it matters for our process of naming and understanding. And because of this, because it feels the same, the grief feels the same, one grief can often trigger past griefs that you thought you were well and finished with and cause those to resurface. Don't push these parts away. Give these parts space too. You don't need to try to push these other memories away. It's okay to grieve and grieve over and over and over again. There's no limit to how much or how little you should grieve. There is also an opportunity to be gracious with yourself. If you feel maybe you aren't grieving enough or you feel like you've grieved for something less significant in the past, that's something I've had to honor within myself and help clients come to recognize too is that you know, if you're, if you're grieving something currently and that brings up grief from the past that you felt like was more significant, or maybe you're grieving something currently that feels harder than what, and you're like, why can't I feel this grief for something else? Just be gracious with yourself and go back again to that naming and understanding process, being curious about that. Why is this particular situation allowing me to be more accessible to my grief? Or why was something else you know, a, an easier process with grief, just getting curious to understand that is such a big part of that process, but be gracious with yourself, be patient and be kind. It's okay. If you know, that feels different, you know, based on, uh, the different types of, of activating events. Okay. So those are some of the reasons why we, we grieve. And I want to talk now a little bit about how to grieve. So there is a concept within Buddhism and many other uh, religions as well. But I think in Buddhism, it, it kind of encapsulates this idea very simply as part of the eightfold path. And it's the reality that death is inescapable. Death is part of, of life. And if there is life, there is death. 
And I think that is a alone, a hard reality for some to wrestle with. And that in death, there is actually new life as well. We, we find that in nature. Uh, we find that in many different world religious teachings. We find that even in philosophical reflections, right? That, you know, even in a very simplistic scientific sense of what happens when something dies and decomposes and actually provides nourishment for new life, just in a very simple sense of that, right? But yet it's still a very hard concept, I think, to accept, except for ourselves, maybe, and except for others that death is inescapable. And that alone, I think, is a concept that you can wrestle with over and over and over again, is that death is part of life. And what does that mean? And it's not just a, a head recognition, you know, it's not just a logical understanding of that, but really allowing that to move into that interior emotional world of what does that mean? That death is inescapable. I can't control when death happens. What does that mean for you deeply, not just in the head? Okay. So that's, I think, one key part of the grieving process, just coming to accept that reality. When you are grieving, I find for myself, spending time with those I love and continuing with my routines, maybe even frankly, being a little bit more intense about my routines helps me reflect. And I have found this uh, particular last couple of weeks of grieving process for myself to be different than in the past. I think in the past, I was much more of a busy person out of a you know, time scarcity mindset or, you know, just kind of going from one project to the next and kind of thinking I don't want to waste time. So always trying to fill my time and not really actually giving space to the grieving process. And so I think this, this time is, does feel distinctly different in that way that I am actually giving myself time to reflect in my routines and actively thinking about grief and choosing to think about that, choosing to think about what this means for me. But I also know that, uh, you know, some people really struggle with keeping their routines during the grieving process. And so that's one thing I would have you consider and examine to see if you have you know, gone away too much from your routines and if there is opportunity to kind of, you know, make sure you're doing, you're doing your routines, you're, you're, you know, you're exercising, you're, you're eating, you're going places, you know, you're still going to work. And of course, taking some time off is totally, totally an okay thing, but also, you know, continuing with life, life goes on, right? That is part of it. Now I'm on the other opposite end. I'm going to also tell you, you need to make sure you dedicate time to let yourself feel all these feelings, setting time aside. Right. And, and if it's a death of a loved one, the funeral, whatever type of service or memorial you're having in that process or, or not at all, that it be just one place of the grief. And oftentimes it's a great place to really allow yourself to feel all of that. And that's great. And also that grief process won't just be ready to be settled at that point, right? Your grief doesn't know that, okay, this is the day that I'm going to get all my grief out and then I'm going to move on, right? So it's not just giving yourself time right in that moment when it's the most noticeable, when it's the hardest, but also giving yourself time to let yourself feel all the feelings into the rest of your life. And lastly, I think one of the things with grief is being able to share 
your grief with others. There's a vulnerability opportunity here, you know, whether it be through crying or just talking about it. So finding someone or even a place to help you grieve. So maybe this is a spiritual leader, a friend, a counselor or a coach, maybe visiting a spiritual place or a place you've made memories in that's related to the grief, related to this person or related to this place that's changing. Maybe a place you went with a pet. Maybe uh, visiting a house, visiting a town you used to live in, looking at pictures. I think for some people, that's also really hard. You know, even like the pictures thing. It can be really hard to, to look at those, those pictures because it brings all of those memories back up. And so it's not to say you have to go through all of them and, you know, make yourself feel all of them, but maybe there's a, a picture in particular that's a great way to access that grief. So finding someone or some place to help you in this grieving process is a key part of this. Well, that's certainly not an exhaustive you know, list of suggestions, but I hope that you found that helpful if you're going through something similar or if you're reflecting even on your own grief, your own losses in life, and maybe wondering if some of that grief is still needing to be attended to, perhaps this gave you some framework to think about that. So just to, just to reflect, you know, we talked about why we grieve, certainly death of loved ones, but also just changes in life. And the fact that our interior world doesn't know the difference between one trigger or another trigger. And so when we feel one grief, it can remind us of past griefs as well. And that's okay. You should attend to those parts as well. And I gave you a few suggestions on how to grieve. So there's an acceptance piece that death is inescapable. Change is inescapable. Spending time with those you love, continuing with your routines, and also dedicating time to letting yourself feel all of the feelings. And then lastly, finding someone or some place to help usher in the grieving process for you or help hold space for you in that grieving process. Well, I hope you tune in next time and thanks for listening. Hey, I want to extend an offer to you. The fact that you made it here to the end of the episode tells me that something that I am talking about in these episodes is resonating with you. And for some reason, we are connected through this effort. So if you enjoyed this episode or you've been enjoying other episodes that you've been listening to and you're finding things helpful or insightful, I would love to work with you. If you are struggling in a relationship, perhaps, or you're trying to overcome a challenge in life, I want to meet with you through a free consultation. That free consultation is just a chance to meet with me, to share a little bit about yourself, and for me to offer you some insights and some feedback. My goal in those consultations is to give you as much as I can, as much as I know about relationships and personal development. There's truly no strings attached. It's simply a one-on-one -on -one space with a professional to get feedback directly about what you are going through and what you are trying to work toward. So check out the show notes for a link to schedule with me. Quick note for a liability reasons, I am not your counselor. 
Okay, if you think I'm your counselor, that's probably a good indicator you need counseling. Now, of course, if you're in the Denver metro area or frankly anywhere in Colorado, I would love to explore working with you. And so, like I mentioned before, check out that consultation call and I would love to talk with you more about that. But just listening to this podcast and following me does not equate to being in treatment with me. I just need to make that clear. And lastly, and most importantly, if you're struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feel like there's no way out, I want you to know there is hope and there is help. And I want you to get that help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room. They are equipped to help you. And if you're in the United States, we have a three-digit suicide hotline and it is 988. All right. Thanks.